the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany. There are heroes throughout San Antonio, men and women that go the extra mile to make lives better. During the next hour, you'll be inspired as we introduce you to these unsung heroes. And now here's your host, Tiffany Jones-Smith. And we're back for another episode of On the Record with Tiffany. And I'm your host, Tiffany Jones-Smith. And we're here on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, our original home. And we can be seen on the African American Network Television, where we have a local feel with a global reach. And I'm here today with one of my favorite guests, (laughs) Deborah Amawali, the CEO of the San Antonio African American Community Archive and Museum. And I have another special guest, Valerie Ryford. And Valerie, you tell our audience a little bit about the organization that you're with and what you're doing here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, my name is Valerie Ryford. I am a co-founder and executive director of Radical Registrars. Radical Registrars is a grassroots organization um, that was born out of the George Floyd Black Lives Matter protest of 2020. Um, We decided to put our collective pain and anger towards getting our community registered to vote and then empowering them with knowledge by creating voter guides specific to issues affecting our communities. Um, Our mission is to empower, engage, and educate voters through civic education and voter voter mobilization across Central Texas. And our vision is to create a generation of informed and empowered young BIPOC LGBTQ Q plus folks who vote um, every single election. So thank you so much for having me today. You're welcome. That's a lot. That's a huge (laughs) mission and vision. But it's a a mission and vision that that uh, is long overdue because the only way that you change things in this country is through uh, the vote. That single vote makes a big difference. So I want to know how young people can get involved because I have a number of people that I want to share this with. So, sorry. I just, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very interested in it too. We've, we've long lived with uh, this concept that, that someone else is going to take care of things for us. And that's just not, that is not, how you live and thrive in the United States. You live and thrive in the United States by taking care of a lot of things yourself. Uh-huh. And the vote is one of those things that, that empowers us to do that. So I, I want to hear all about it. Tell us. The floor is yours, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. So, yeah, so I just um, like to use just my experiences um, from voting and just with life in general. Um, I'll be 35 this year. I'm deceptively. I look a little younger than I. Yes, you do, because <laughs> I, I thought you were in your 20s. Thank you. No, so I. I was <laughs> thinking, who is this kid? <laughs> Well, and I'm a whole mom, too. I'm somebody's mom, too. So, um, but yeah, so I just really um, use my experiences with voting and just um, the process of voting. I remember, um, you know, my parents were both military, college educated. And so that was definitely, you know, education was definitely, um, you know, something that was definitely um, a priority for me growing up. And so, um, but thinking about voting and my experiences being a young voter, I would go, I would vote, I would vote for the presidents and stuff, but I I would go with one name in mind and then I would go and vote and I would leave feeling like, well, what exactly did I just do? Because you're voting for way more than just one thing when you go in there. And I would literally find myself just like picking the least offensive name. Like I just didn't know what I was doing. And so when, um, and how many people are like that, right? How many people are like that? 
are walking in and voting and they're completely uninformed. They haven't read anything. They haven't looked at, at the person's voting record. They know nothing about the candidates. They're just going by their sound, sound bites, which don't help yeah. us in any way. Because you can have a candidate that's, that's uh, voting and working in your best interest, but may not be this party or that party. They're just doing what needs to be done for you. So you, you've got to think it through. Right. And I remember like trying to research, but feeling like I didn't know what to Google to like find mm -hmm. everything just in one, you know, concise, put together, you know, document or something. And then I honestly, I didn't even, um, I didn't even know about the League of Women Voters until 2020 um, yeah. when they um, found me from, you know, like just being out on the news and out doing the, doing the work. So I didn't even know. But now that is a group that I'm connected with and I'm actually planning on picking up some of their voter guides and getting them out to the community because just so many people just do not know that at every library location, there are voter guides guides from the League of Women Voters and you can use these voter guides while you're voting like it's an open note test and just so many people do not know that and I think that's for a reason and so I like to say that I'm a reformed gossip now and now I do you know I do all my telling for good and so now I'm putting all putting business out there but it's good business and stuff people should be knowing you know um not stuff that ain't nobody business but stuff that should be everybody's business which mm -hmm. you know people need to know that you cannot rely on your cell phone when you go to vote you're not it's illegal to have your phone um you know out while you are voting but you can have a piece of paper you can have a voter guide that has um the information about the candidates that you want and need to be able to make informed decisions and so that's what i tell young people to get involved you know like one thing i'm like y'all did not turn 18 and 21 years old to still have um old folks making decisions for you so let's go ahead and get involved but mm -hmm. then just being really honest and candid with them which i think is what sets us apart because at Radical Registrars, we don't feel like um, issues that affect humanity are political. And so we don't feel like social justice issues are political. We don't feel like healthcare is political. We don't feel like those issues are political. And so those are the conversations that we're going to have, you know, with young people. And so I just, you know, I tell them, you know, like one, you, when you don't vote, you are letting, um, you know, people make decisions for you who may not have the same um, values that you have. And so, and I also like to tell people, you know, like, when Barack Obama ran for president in 2008, like um, it was record number, a record number voter turnout. And then um, there were people who voted for Obama in 2008 that never voted again. And then a lot of people like to say, well, you know, he didn't do X, Y and Z for the black community. Well, we stopped showing up and voting because um, when an election came up in 2010, people didn't show up and vote. So he lost the House and then he ended up losing the Senate and he wasn't able to really pass too much. And so that was on, you know, the voters for thinking like, OK, it's good. I showed up that time. And then you sat out. And then when you see what happened, you know, like 2008, 2012, and then 2016, when a lot of people sat out and was like, oh, it's fine. You know, we had somebody in office who was very much not for, um, you know, people of color. And so I just try to um, just make it real because young people, they're not trying to hear, oh, people bled and died for you to vote. Unfortunately, that's not really resonating with young people. But what is resonating with young people is that, hey, there are people out here like quite literally making laws that affect your day-to-day -day life like there are mm -hmm. you know laws on um our women's health there's laws on black folks there's laws on you know the um homeless population and stuff like that and it's like also i asked them like who's in office do people in office look like you the people in office quite literally reflect the population that shows up and votes for them mm -hmm. and so that's what we just really try to do is just encourage people to get involved that way and just make it real for them for you know young folks and you're right, because some of the things that, that exist in terms of, of uh, equity and inequity, some of those things, when you have people that look like you in office, you can address them. Absolutely. Because they're going to have an interest in addressing, in addressing all of those, those problems mm -hmm. in a way that would be conducive to us right. as well. You know, it's not it's not a one sided discussion or asking someone else to help you with with the discussion. There definitely has to be an olive branch extended, but we should be the ones 
shaping the narrative around our community. Oh, absolutely. I, um, Valerie, I don't and know. And I love that you're doing that, Valerie. Thank you so much. I don't know if you had a chance to see this week a report was released called The State of African Americans in Bear County. Mm. And um, what I guess if Tiffany allows me to talk mm-hmm. about, there's, there's some statistics in there um, as it relates to criminal justice. And one of the things that is certainly important to me personally is how we are represented in the criminal justice system. We made history last election by having three African-American female judges be elected at the Bear County court system. Well, they now all have people that are running against them. When you look at the numbers of the effects of criminal justice, and I only pulled a few, but they are in that report, um, and you think about judges are bipartisan, right? You don't they don't come with a Democratic or a Republican label. So it fits really well with what you all are doing at Radical Registrar. So make sure that you get this information out. So in the criminal justice system, Bear County Jail. Now African Americans make up about eight percent of the population here in San Antonio per the census. Uh we actually are a little more than that. When you look at the military and and people living here temporarily, but permanent around 8%. So um, the population in the Bear County Jail of African-Americans on misdemeanor charges is 24%. That is three times more than Mm -hmm. what we are, where we are. Population-wise, the number of African-Americans in the Bear County Jail for felonies is 15%. That is almost twice of mm-hmm. our population. Mm-hmm. The number of African-Americans that are referred to juvenile probation, 19.6%. Wow. And from um, oh, one more. Assault offenses that have been convicted, 16.2%. Mm-hmm. That's, that's convictions that are sentenced. So when you look at those numbers, and I guess we'll talk about that after, after the break, mm-hmm. it's not because we don't know how to act. Right. There's a lot of things that point to why it is. And so that's why we have to vote. You're listening to On the Record with Tiffany on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, and we can be seen on the African American Network television where we have a local feel and a global reach. And we are having an interesting discussion right now about voting. That time of the year is coming up. We've got primaries for both the Republican Party and the Democratic Party coming up. Uh, and And we will be experiencing uh, candidates and voting. One of the most important rights that you have in this nation and that people are willing willing to uh, cross the ocean to get to this country in order to be able to engage in. So uh, let's talk about it with two of my favorite experts, a, a recent new favorite expert, Valerie <laughs> Ryford, uh with Radical Registrars, and my, of course, partner in crime. <laughs> Good uh, crime, that is. That's right. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, Deborah Amawali with uh, the San Antonio African American Community Archive and Museum. Okay, and Valerie wanted to chime in on those statistics before I uh, So, Deborah, give the statistics real quick again, so in case people are just listening to this segment. Okay, hold, please. All right, the um, percentage of people in the Bear County Jail for misdemeanors that are African American is 24%. In the Bear County Jail that are felons, African-American, 15%. That's two to three times 
higher than the population of African Americans here in, in San Antonio. The number of African Americans mm-hmm. that are referred to juvenile probation is 19.6%. And the number of African Americans that have been sentenced due to um, assault offenses that are non-sexual are 16.2%. That, from a voter perspective, that tells us a lot of things. And I certainly have some opinions, but I think Valerie is an, an expert, and I would like to hear what she has to say and how to mobilize young people to make sure they know when you vote for the DA, which is not necessarily in the presidential elections, mm-hmm. it's those off years too. It's the DA, it's the um, attorney generals, it's mm-hmm. the judges. Those votes matter. That's why, that's some of the reason why these statistics are where they are. Um, exactly. <laughs> that's what, um, you at me like, <laughs> no, you're so right. That's exactly what, um, I've been telling people. So one thing, um, that I, that we have to let the community know is, is that we have to dispel this rumor that people who have a felony on their record or were um, previously incarcerated, that they cannot vote or there's some type of waiting period. People who have a felony on their records, as long as they are off paper, off, off papers, off parole, probation, they're no longer paying any fines, they can absolutely get registered to vote. And a lot of people do not know that. I've spoken at a barber college before. And um, and I and I was telling them that and people literally thought you had to wait seven years like it was your credit or something for it to fall off. (laughs) And yeah, they really do because of these like hood rumors that are going around. That's really what it is. And so every chance that I get to tell somebody that I find it so important um, to let them know that just because you have a felony on your record does not mean that you cannot vote or participate. Your vote is actually even more important because you've been in the system. You've gotten to really see what these judges are about. Like we on the outside, we only get to see what the judges are campaigning for. You as somebody who was inside, you get to see if this judge was actually keeping their promise on what they said that they were going to do and you know if this judge is rehabilitative or if they're more punitive and so that's what i've really been letting the community know like hey y'all do you know that the da is up for election do you know that judges are up for elections i'm actually so radical registrars is actually going to be doing civics courses at bear county jail this year and so i'll be going in there and yeah and educating the population and letting them know and then also what another really important piece is especially locally one is that your voice is so much stronger locally right like instead of over 70 million your voice is like one of like 17 million so it's really important that you vote locally um but especially um you know with these local elections oh my gosh i'm losing my thought it's such a good one <laughs> okay the school board um, we can talk about the school oh board school board's <laughs> super important too super duper important um, you know that local yeah. is where you do make a difference in in your day-to-day life mm-hmm. federal when we're talking about uh, national elections and statewide elections, they are very, they're important. But those local elections, your school board, when you're uh, talking about uh, the DAs, uh, and people need to understand what each each office does. What do they do? Because uh, we have a really great system here in terms of, of uh, the judges and those three judges that, that uh, Deborah mentioned earlier. Uh, the way that they've structured their courts is is phenomenal, mm-hmm. and and you it's can, actually you can, modeled in other places. Now. And you can listen to them on their courts on YouTube. Mm-hmm. They're so, you so can really good. Be they are so thorough. Like they really want people to know that they are out here trying to do right in the community. No, these judges mm-hmm. are absolutely amazing, and that's and, why I tell people too. And that that's you know a lot can be said for them. Uh, I interviewed. Um, um, our our DA Joe Gonzalez and and he one of the things he did when he came in was he uh, looked at the fact that that there was some disparities going on in terms of how African American uh, people were being treated and so he changed uh, how he structured things with uh, the police and and what had to be filed and when and and 
whether or not you had to speak with someone and interview everyone at the at the scene because that wasn't happening. Like there was some, I mean, he he went through and and made changes uh, that now we can see modeled in other other places, and we see positive benefits coming from it now. That's stuff that people need to know because the importance of having the right person in that seat is un, is something that should be at the top of your brain when you're making decisions about who's going to be voted in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So this year, well, this election, we're not going to be able to make our voter guides the way that we want to, but we're definitely going to, that's the pivot that I was making was letting these people know like what exactly is up for election and what that means. So it's like, if you care about social justice, then you need to make sure that you're voting for the County commissioners and the County judges. And you need to make sure that you're voting for the DA to make sure that you have somebody in there reflective of your values. Um, a thing with the county commissioners and the judges, which is another effort that Radical Registrars is a part of, is that we're going to be bringing jail-based voting to San Antonio. We're going to be bringing jail-based voting to Bear County because... Um, one will be the second um, in Texas to do it. Harris County started this um, last year with the constitutional amendments, but there are so many people who are detained in jail who have not been, who are in there due to finances or whatever the case may be, but they are absolutely eligible to be able to vote. And so bringing voting to Bear County will allow, you know, that big population that you spoke of. Clearly there's more black people in there than out here, you know, out in the streets. So giving them the opportunity to be able to vote um, is super important. So that's an effort that is um, local activists, the county commissioners, and the sheriff's department that has to work together to do. And that's what we're doing. And speaking of the sheriff, Javier Salazar, that is an elected position. Our county sheriff is an elected position. And so just getting that information out to the public and letting them know how truly powerful that their voice is and who they can elect in there if they were just to participate is just so important to let people know because a lot of folks don't know every vote counts it's it's important to take that seriously because you 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 literally can make a difference for the community right there at least steps towards a difference for the community right there every vote counts and every election counts Mm -hmm. and that's absolutely that's a huge piece and when we look at um even those statistics that i gave and you understand the new Jim Crow or that public school pipeline to prison. Mm-hmm. And this is where we circle back for the school board, right? When you look at how many African-American children are suspended due to subjective reasoning, 93% of the African-American students in the state of Texas that are suspended are suspended for subjective reasonings because they were disrespected to the teacher. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. sets up that whole process of getting to prison. How can we change that? The people that we vote in the school board, our yeah. voice at PTA and, and mm-hmm. all of that. You don't, when, when we start putting police in schools and, and taking that, um, that power away from school officials and mm-hmm. from school teachers. Now, I mean, it's, it's like the system is set up for us to change. I'm not going to say it's set up for us to fail. It's set up for us to change. But like Barbara Jordan said, we have to know the rules of the game. Yeah. And even when they change the game, we have to quickly learn those rules again. Yeah. And, you know, but the key to this is putting people in place that are the rule makers. Mm-hmm. When you have people in place that are the rule makers, that is a game changer. Absolutely. And the only way to put people in place who are the rule makers is to vote. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, point blank. Because changing uh, how our children are viewed, first of all, you know, I, I've got my own opinion on that. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, because, you know, it's easy, it's easy to, to approach African-American children with punitive immediately mm-hmm. as opposed mm-hmm. to therapeutic, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. because we tend to approach other groups therapeutically. 
Methamphetamines. This is a perfect example of oh, that. We have a therapeutic ooh, no, approach yes. to meth. <laughs> and, and, like, okay. and a punitive approach to crack. Mm-hmm. Punitive right. to crack, therapeutic mm-hmm. to meth. And that is that is 100% because of what the demographic looks like in both of those two two uh, drugs. And opiates as yeah. well. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. It's a crisis. It's a crisis because of who it's affecting. It's a crisis. It's children. Yeah. And and it is all of those things. But that's the same thing for African-Americans. I'm Tiffany Smith, Chief Executive Officer of the Texas Kidney Foundation. And I'm here to talk to you about your kidney health. Health is the most important asset we possess. COVID-19 has exposed the unhealthy nature of our population. One in three Americans are at risk for chronic kidney disease. In absolute numbers, that translates into about 600,000 San Antonians. Have you been diagnosed with diabetes? Have you been diagnosed with hypertension? Do you take blood pressure medicine? Do you have heart disease? Have you experienced heart failure? Do you have a history of dialysis or kidney failure in your family? If you said yes to two or more of those questions, you need to come and see us. Are you a part of that one in three? Is your sister, is your brother, is your mother? Texas Kidney Foundation offers free screenings. All you have to do is go to our website, www.txkidney.org. Check out our free screenings. You can either come to our office for an in-office visit or we can come to you. You can schedule a screening or go to a screening near you. So yeah. let's, if we're applying the mercy that mm. goes along with therapy, see, that's, that word mercy needs to be utilized and applied regardless of color because mercy is applied regardless of color. Yeah. You know, if you if you know who gives mercy, you mm-hmm. know that it is. Right. So we should use the same mercy for people of color who are who are dealing with the same issue, which is a drug being loosed in their community, and no one really understanding just how addictive and how terrible it is, until you've got a percentage of people that are completely inundated with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that every time I look at the two, I'm incensed, not angry because uh, white children are receiving therapy. I'm angry because black children aren't. are not. Absolutely. Right. And, it, right. And, and it's the same thing. And anybody that thinks that it is not destruction to this nation to leave one group or a group of people, people of color, because really that applies to everyone, uh, to leave people of color underserved Mm -hmm. in this way and pushed aside in that way. It is a detriment to the nation Mm -hmm. for us to do that. So anyway, Valerie, (laughs) you didn't want to hear. People aren't listening for my opinion. We're listening for (laughs) for yours. (laughs) Uh, but no, you're a hundred percent, you know, nail on the head. I agree. And especially with schooling, you know, I, um, my son, um, he'll be four in April and I was very involved, um, at my high school. I was, um, allegedly the first black homecoming queen at my high school in 2006 here in San Antonio. Um, I was a varsity athlete all four years. Um, and then I was also, um, a class officer, which means that I'm in charge of planning class reunions, you know, moving forward. And so just as involved as possible and I went and spoke to the superintendent um, of my school district and telling him about the experiences that I had with racist teachers and leadership like on the way to our state track meet one of the track coaches in Austin traffic was yelling cursing at us and throwing stuff at us Um, none of us told our parents you know they weren't there we still felt like we had a job to do but you know even telling the the school district about it now you know like um, you know it was 15 almost 15 years later at that point it's just like 
his eyes glazed over, like just couldn't even care um, less about, you know, the experiences that I had, especially with some of these teachers and coaches still teaching today, you know, like at these schools. And so it's just, it's just very um, kind of obvious and apparent um, whose interests are being upheld really, especially with the, um, at the school level. And so it's very important for us, like as black mothers and black people to make sure that our children are in districts that like are going to um, care about them and keep them safe. Mm-hmm. Um, because some of these school districts just do not have our best interests at heart. It's very um, under the radar that a black child actually committed suicide on a campus in San Antonio, Texas, um, in a more affluent area. Mm -hmm. And when I tell you not a sound, not a sound was made, but then in Alamo Heights, um, there was a child who um, died by suicide. And then you see just ribbons and everything all over that community Mm -hmm. and them saying that child's name. And it's just a huge difference, you know, Mm -hmm. like with those two examples of how people get treated um, just merely because of the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing about that is that there's not a school district you can approach that doesn't have the same problem. So there's not a district you can go to. You have to get out and vote and deal with the school boards mm-hmm. because in order to not have this issue, then you have to deal with it across the board. There's not a school district you can go to that that uh, um, doesn't have somebody that's doing something like that in regards to uh, black students, because I know with my own, I have a 12-year-old and a 9-year-old, and we have dealt with stuff that I've discussed with you, Deborah, uh, about uh, that directly related to that. And mm-hmm. uh, we had a little boy on the, on the playground with my oldest daughter, uh, call her the names. And my daughter did not say anything to me about it. Mm-hmm. It was... Uh, this feisty little, little, uh, little white girl that she's friends with, (laughs) you know, and that shows you like children are not thinking about this stuff in terms of, of, uh, isolation. Mm -hmm. Not all children are doing that. There's, you know, other children are learning things at home that are negative, but children are learning things at home that are positive. Mm -hmm. So this Mm -hmm. little girl comes up to me and says, Mrs. Smith. Ernie's, this boy has been calling Ernie names, and she won't tell you. But I, I told him, and I'm telling you. I love it. What's going on? And, her, and so she had talked to her mom, and so she and her mom were rolling tag team, and they came up to me. <laughs> and so I said, yes. you know, what's going on, baby? And she was really, she didn't want to say anything because she didn't want to draw attention to herself any more than what he was doing by calling her names and uh the little girl was like we got to stand up and let these people know (laughs) (laughs) and her mother was the same way they were both like (laughs) and uh you know but but i said that to say and and we did we handled it we weren't as militant as the the little white people were but I just called the school and said, hey, let's have a sit down and let's talk about this. This child is learning this from home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really more of a conversation that you that, you know, I expect you all to have with with his parents. Um, and no, I'm not looking for you to kick this little boy out. He's a child. Mm-hmm. This is an adult subject and his parents shouldn't be teaching him what they're mm-hmm. teaching him. Uh, so it's a time, a teachable mo- moment for them. So what's interesting with that, when you go back to the subjectiveness of suspending and expelling Mm African-American students, Mm -hmm. um, in some schools that would have been considered disrespectful Mm -hmm. and that child would have been suspended, especially Mm -hmm. if they were black or brown. That's right. They didn't even consider suspending him. Of course not. It wasn't of course even considered. Not. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> of, co- of course yeah. not. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and while we're talking about civics and the importance of voting, so we, we've talked about voting for our school board candidates, right, um, trustees, and that's the same with our college district as well. We talked about voting for judges and voting mm-hmm. for the DA and voting in local elections, but we also, um, from a civics perspective, need to talk about our duty to be on juries. Mm-hmm. Because again, yes. when you go back mm-hmm. to these statistics, 
Mm-hmm. And you talk about people that are sentenced because of felon felonies. Mm-hmm. My question would be, what do the juries look like? Mm-hmm. Right. And we have to get out of this. No, I'm not going to sign up for jury duty. I don't want to judge anybody. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? there are so many, like if, if you bring up the subject of jury duty, everybody talks about not wanting to do jury duty. When that is one of your, you know, every time we talk about the freedoms in this nation, this is a great nation. We don't have to make the nation great again. What we have to do with this nation <laughs> is we have to realize all the freedoms that we're allowed here and utilize those freedoms. Uh-huh. Utilize. You can't complain about this nation if you don't get out and vote. Absolutely. Right. Vote. Right. You know, don't sit there talking trash to me about, <laughs> about what's going right. down. And you hadn't even bothered to, uh, you know, hop your behind up off the couch and go vote. So what do you say to someone who says, well, I just really, and, and I encounter this with young people because I'm talking to young people. I just really don't believe my vote counts. You're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Unequivocally, it, you're but wrong. But that's, what they, but that's what they want you to think, you know, like. This is what I've learned is that Texas ranks 49th in voter turnout of the 50 states. So we are 49th. In 2020, over 10 million Texans showed up and voted. It was almost split down the middle. Almost over 10,000 Texans showed up and voted in 2020. And then in 2021, like it was numbers that hadn't been seen in 30 years in 2020, a record number turnout. In 2021, those lawmakers who rely on elections to get and keep their jobs made voting less accessible and more difficult. And the populations that are affected are going to be are the black and brown populations. Mm-hmm. No more drive through voter um, voting, no more um, 24 hour polling locations. And so really affecting those um, populations that turned out in record numbers really um, you know, affecting us and trying to stop us. And so I think that shows that, you know, there are some lawmakers who are trying to move the goalposts and take their ball and go to another court because mm-hmm. they feel like, you know, like they're beginning to lose. And so that should be even more motivation for you to show up and vote. The fact that they are trying to change the rules and make it more difficult. Why? There were over 7 million Texans who did not show up and vote in 2020. We're not necessarily a red state. We're just a really voter suppressed state with a really low voter turnout. People are just very unmotivated because cycle after cycle, you hear, oh, that'll never happen in Texas. Oh, that'll never happen in Texas. And people hear it and just start to believe it. But truly, you know, starting with like Gen X, if if all the young people, if every college age person, Gen X and or millennials would have voted when, we, you know, at the start, when we first turned 18, things would be very, very different for us now. Absolutely. And so, yeah, your, mm-hmm. your vote absolutely matters, especially locally. Your vote is even more stronger locally. And I'm going to say this uh, because it needs to be said. Uh if you're willing to drive across town to go get a new purse, to go Come get on. a new <laughs> pair of shoes, yes. to go get whatever it is you want to get, then I know doggone well you can drive to that polling place. Whatever whatever nonsense, whatever you right. you think you need is not worth more than casting your ballot. You can drive, you can walk, you can take a bus, you can, you know, whatever you have to do to do, to cast that ballot, because that's one of the most important rights that you have. And I do say people fought and died so you could have that right, because (laughs) we just celebrated MLK's birthday and he marched, my parents, people, our parents age marched so that we would have opportunity and so that you all would have opportunity. So I don't care whether you want to hear it or not. That's the truth. So yeah. get off your butt and vote. You're right. And while, you want to complain, talk, put your money where your mouth is. You yes, know, that's, my, that's my statement about that. Um, you've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany. 
And we're going to come back and wrap up this lively discussion <laughs> about voting. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know where I stand. Uh, you're listening to On the Record with Tiffany on 930 AM, The Answer. And uh, you can see it on the African American Network Television, where we have a local feel and a global reach. Woohoo! Deborah and Valerie, let's talk about voting. <laughs> so I, I just wanted to add, first of all, if my husband is out there listening, you know Tiffany knows it's Deborah Omowale German, honey. I'm you. sorry. <laughs> oh, Joe. I always do that. That's Deborah okay. Omowale German. Joe Jarman, I apologize. <laughs> I he knows. He, he doesn't trust, but I just wanted to make sure I said that. But we were talking about driving across town mm-hmm. to be a consumer. Yes. Or driving across town to party or whatever the, the or case whatever, may be. Whatever you're doing. Um, I, I want to encourage, if you need to drive across town to vote early mm-hmm. or drive to an early polling place, um, it's typically easier. Mm-hmm. I have found where I live, oh my gosh, there well, the last election, it was not at the Kirby City Hall. But Kirby City Hall was an early voting place. And I'd go in there, and there's no line. Like, mm-hmm. zip, I, I'm just in and out, you mm-hmm. know, so quickly. And that's on my way to work. So when you think about early voting and the opportunities, and it starts February 14th, and the polls are typically open from, um, Valerie, you can help me out. Is it 7 a.m. to 8 p.m., something like that? Um, they changed it with SB1, so now it's going to be 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Oh, Father. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we <laughs> need to um, make sure that we get out and, and vote. And that is interesting because those are work hours, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, the polls are mm-hmm. only open for, what is that? Ten out. That's ten hours, mm-hmm. and if you have to commute, right? Then there you go. Now, what a lot of people don't know, there's a lot of jobs that will allow you leeway to vote. Mm-hmm. By so, law, your employer must allow you time to go and vote. A oh, lot of people don't know that. That's thank you. Your employer must must allow you time to go and vote. And you simply and you simply have to tell them that. You just have to tell yeah. them that. Thank you yeah. for mm-hmm. that clarification. So on your way to work or on mm-hmm. your way home, vote. Mm-hmm. vote. Don't wait until election day. Mm-hmm. Something could always anywhere. come up. Yes, you can vote anywhere during early voting. A lot of people don't know that, but anywhere you see that's convenient, that has a sign up that says vote here, please pull up and vote there. I always tell people, hit the group chat, tell them, hey, who wants to go vote and go with somebody? Like, don't ever Mm -hmm. go alone. There's always power in numbers. Um, And then while we're on that, I also want to encourage people to be poll workers, work Mm -hmm. the elections. You can literally make between $15 to $17 an hour. You know, those are 10 hour days. Like we said, actually, you have to get there at seven to set up. So you can, you know, 11, 12 hour days um, working the election with um, setting up and breaking down. But I implore you to please apply to be election workers. We need to see um, familiar faces, you know, like working the elections, kind faces, you know, welcoming faces in there. People who look like, you know, um, other other people, you know, we need to see people work in the elections. And then also run for office, run for office because bigger fools than you have done it. And that's, I'm just going to leave it. I'm just going to leave it. Lord, why not? I wouldn't say it like that, but, (laughs) but why not you? Mm -hmm. you Yeah. That's a better way to say that. Why not you? (laughs) You have something to offer the community. We, you know, Figure out what you stand for and what what your purpose is. I want to go. Yeah, before you go, before you run, learn about the people that are running right now. You need to understand who they are, what's their voting record, and what does that mean to you? Mm -hmm. Is that going to be helpful to your community? Um, Don't listen to just TV. Listen, go look at the voting record. Yes. Don't listen to the sound bites. Go look at the voting record. That's going to tell you more than anything else and that league of women voters guide you have to take that with you i also want to say and valerie you can because i don't know if i have the um, title right but often what i'm hearing is people will go to the polls and there's a problem 
And mm-hmm. yes. now what I'm hearing, people are saying, well, just cast your provisional vote. What I'm mm-hmm. suggesting is to ask the precinct, is it the judge or what's their mm-hmm. title? The election judge. To mm-hmm. ask for the election judge before you say, oh, I'll just do a provisional ballot. Mm-hmm. Because it could be a misinformed worker and the election judge can make the call there. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Because I want to make sure people understand their rights mm-hmm. once they get to the polls. Mm-hmm. Don't let them turn you away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, you definitely don't don't get turned away. You know, if you're in line and the polls close, which you're in line, make sure you stay in line. Um, but yeah, you know, just make sure um, there are phone numbers, which I don't have on me, but I know Black Voters Matter. Um, they um, have a hotline. There's hotlines you can call if you're feeling like you're disenfranchised. I just wrote down the numbers. Call Bear County Elections themselves, 210-335-VOTE. I think that's 8683-210-335-VOTE. Um, if you feel like you're being disenfranchised or if something is just not right at the polling location, if it don't feel right, it's probably not right. And that's a, another reason why I encourage people do not vote alone. Like, make sure you have somebody there with you. Um, I also like to encourage people to make sure they're following radical registrars. Reach out. You can reach out to me, um, you know, DM me, um, and I can help you out in any way. I was definitely on it um, in 2020. People were um, talking about, you know, some disenfranchising was going on, and I was just on the phone, making phone calls, asking questions, figuring it out, naming names to the Bear County Elections Department, letting them know which judges or clerks this was. I'm going to tell it. I told you I used to <laughs> I'm going to tell it. You turn gossip for good. <laughs> gossip for good, yeah. Gossip is for good now. Spreading that good information, important information. But yes, radical registrars, we always say vote informed. Make sure you know who and what you are voting for. Yeah. And make sure that you match your interest. Yeah, because because there has to be a reckoning in terms of how we are are dealing with the race issue in this country and part of that reckoning needs to be us empowering ourselves with the mm-hmm. very thing the very tools that we need and one of those tools is the vote mm-hmm. and then the Absolutely. other is is uh, the legislation that goes with that oh my gosh so, yes. uh you know and that's a that's a talk for another day but uh for sure to begin with is the vote mm-hmm. you know that is the one thing that you can exercise that no one else can take away from you. Uh, But in order for you to exercise it effectively, you have to be willing to get to the voting poll. I don't care what lines you draw around what. (laughs) I'm going to vote and cast my ballot and say what I need to say. Uh, And that has to be the attitude. It has to be an attitude of fortitude. We're going to get get out there and do what needs to be done so that our voices can be heard. You can march until the cows come home. If you do not cast that vote, if you do not vote for the candidates that are going to serve the interest of your community, and if you do not write legislation and policy that is going to assist the community, then you have marched for no reason. Uh You've marched for absolutely, positively no reason. And and when you look at um, history, we are we are going backwards when yeah. it comes to voter suppression. If we would show up at the polls, we wouldn't be worried about are we going to change the filibuster rules in the Senate? Mm-hmm. We could just have enough votes in the Senate mm-hmm. to be able to pass a, a voting uh, rights bill. Mm-hmm. Why do we need to pass a voting rights bill in this 2022? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, still, fight, still fighting the same fights that, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. himself was out here fighting, you know, like not enough has changed, not enough has changed. And we, this is the only system we have. And so we must participate in it if we, if we want to see or feel a difference. More would change if we would participate. So let's exactly. remember that. Now, exactly. come on now. You want change, you got to be a part of that change. You can't just talk trash to people and tell them, hey, you should be doing this right. Well, if I should be doing something right and I have to make the decision and you're not going to do nothing to make me make that decision, I ain't going to do nothing you want me to do. Absolutely. So 
You want people to change? Then act like it. Absolutely. Yeah. Get out there and take your take your stance and be bold. This this is the time to be bold. And being bold Absolutely. means I don't care what lines are drawn. I'm getting to that poll. I'm going to vote. And I'm going to know who I'm voting for and vote yes. in my best interest. So yes. I'm going to read up on stuff and actually understand who I'm voting for. Absolutely. Because, you know, you, you there may be some people that you wouldn't have thought you should vote for that you should be voting yeah. for. But yeah. you've been told one thing and you're you're buying into it and it's to your detriment. So we got to be we've got to be more informed and do what's right for our for our community. Absolutely. And that means driving, <laughs> biking, <laughs> bussing, right. roller skating, yeah. whatever way you gotta get there, get there. I'm bird. You know, um <laughs> Malcolm X said if and it, a lot of people said it, but I, I attribute this to Malcolm X, if not us, who? Mm-hmm. Come on. If yeah. not now, when? When? Yeah. Exactly. Because yeah. who who else is going to stand up for you besides you? Yeah. Hello. Nobody can advocate for you better than you. You That's got right. to advocate That's for right. you. That's right. You have to do that. So when you're sitting there thinking that you can't, that you can't, and and I'm not, and they're going to, who is this illustrious they? I need their phone number. Yeah. They seem to make all kinds of things happen that I can't, you know? Like, mm-hmm. They... Push they to the side. You are empowered. You can do what you want to do. And so what you need to do is vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get yourself together and get out there and vote. Yeah. yeah. It's not enough to say I love my community. Meanwhile, you're watching your community deteriorate around you. Because we've been watching. Get out and that's across, And that's across <laughs> political parties. Mm-hmm. So that's across administrations. Mm-hmm. You, you can't attribute that to Republicans. You can't attribute that to Democrats. Mm-hmm. You can attribute it to the whole place mm-hmm. all this time. So what culpability do we have in this? If we're sitting there watching our neighborhoods deteriorate and not voting and not doing the things that we can do to get ourselves together, then what are we saying here? Mm-hmm. At the minimum, you can say, I want better so i'm gonna do better Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna go out and vote absolutely and you've been listening to on the record with tiffany thank you so much valerie for being here with us and for sharing and we are going to have you back often (laughs) (laughs) yes thank you so much i really appreciate um, valerie it was great meeting you You've been enjoying On the Record with Tiffany. We encourage you to share these stories with friends and family. You can listen to other shows by going to 930amtheanswer.com. And join us next week for On the Record with Tiffany on 930am The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.